Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Way. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Modern Love Radio. I'm your modern love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, and oh, do we have a juicy topic tonight. We're going to be talking about your daily O. And what kind of O are we talking about? Well, an orgasm, of course. Tonight's guest says it's one of the best things you can do to lower your stress, increase your feelings of happiness, and best of all, she says, it puts a woman in charge of her own body. We're going to be talking tonight to Kit Murray Maloney about the pleasure principle And modern love is all about acceptance. And what better place to start with self-acceptance than accepting and knowing and loving your own body. And we're going to talk about whether the Daily O makes you healthier and happier and why it's so difficult for us to talk about orgasm and women's sexuality in today's world. So let me tell you that our guest has a website. You can check her out at www.oactually.com. That's O-Actually, like love actually, oactually.com. And she's done a terrific HuffPost piece called Seven Reasons to Include an Orgasm in Your Morning Routine. So welcome to the show, Kit. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. B. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I'm delighted you're here. This is a topic we don't get to talk about very often, and this is the very first time on Modern Mm -hmm. Love Radio, and I would say, hey, it's high time that we really (laughs) talked about sexuality and talked about orgasm. First, tell us a little bit about you. How did you come to this realization that you needed the daily O in your life? Yes. Um, well, thank you. Great question. So um, I founded O Actually um, in 2014 as a celebration of women's sexual pleasure. And the daily orgasm really came to me out of a blog post I thought I would write about, um, you know, I would just test it out myself, sort of think, let's, let's walk my talk. And I started telling a few women friends about it, and they were very intrigued. And we started this little test group, um, sort of inquiring, what would it be like? How might it change our lives? What might it bring up for us if we made this commitment to orgasm on a daily basis? And from that has grown a really beautiful community that we're hosting in a private Facebook group right now for our month-long pleasure pledge. 
Um, so this is running throughout June at this Glenn, month. hold on a second. Before you talk mm-hmm. about what you're doing, what was it in your life that motivated you to want to get involved in this yeah. kind yeah. of work in the first place? Great. So that's a slightly different question than the daily. Oh, so I'll, I'll go back pretty far, and then you just let me know if I've gone too far. Okay. <laughs> you can't go too far here. I think we're going to go very far in tonight's show. Perfect. Great. Um, so really ever since I was a little girl, I was very um, very aware of being a, a girl or a woman and how that was different from being a boy or a man and wanted to make sure that things were fair. That was something I was very known for saying as a as a girl. Um, this isn't fair. And there was something in me always that wanted to make sure that women were treated fairly. And that grew over the years into um, a real passion to make sure that women were treated well in all aspects of life. And as early as a first-year college student, I became very active on issues on my college campus around sexual violence. And I really saw the injustices that were coming up on college campuses around women not being safe in their own bodies at these elite institutions. And that was the epitome of unfair to me. Right. And And it's still going on today, of course. It's a huge issue. Of course. It's a huge, massive, massive, massive issue. Um, And so I was very involved in student organizations there. That work led me to get my master's in gender and social policy from the London School of Economics. And I was very much, during that degree, rooted in an exploration of sexual violence and sexual assault against women's bodies. And I came to this point where I needed to step away and reevaluate how I could access this conversation. It had become very overwhelming for me and um, had affected my sense of aliveness. Um, And I no longer was feeling like I could be a voice um, a, a really alive voice for change. And so I started working in a couple of different arenas and um, with small companies and that had nothing to do with gender equality. And about three years ago, I realized that it was time for me to get back to my inherent passion to make the world a better place for women. And ever since I was about 17, 18, I knew that that had something to do with issues of sexuality And so about three years ago when I had this decided urge to get back into that, I figured, how about we access this through a lens of pleasure? What would that look like? Now, how did you make that leap from gender Mm -hmm. equality to lens of pleasure? Explain that for everybody, would you? Sure, of course. So here's what I've come to believe. (laughs) I believe that, that pleasure, and when I say pleasure, I'm being more holistic but very inclusive of orgasms and sexual pleasure. But I believe that's one of the best ways for women to access their truth, touch into their bodies, and really connect to their self-love. And that has an incredible, powerful effect out in the world. And that when women are really embodied and feeling strong and connected to who they are, which includes their sexuality, then they have more potential to do great things in the world and also to present themselves in a way that allows them more, more access for pleasure. So it's, it's what we call an upward spiraling effect. 
Um, and so what you're saying effectively is that instead of women feeling like victims with mm-hmm. no access to their own sexual pleasure unless it's granted by someone mm-hmm. else or they're being attacked and abused in a violent way, you're saying, hey, take ownership of your body, take ownership of your own sexuality, and that creates an upward spiral. Now explain upward spiral. <laughs> well, you know when you have a day and just everything keeps going right and right and you just decide to keep going for it and things get better and better. And I think that, you know, spirals work in upward and in negative directions. And so I know on your show you've talked to um, a lot about that determination. And when people are determined, there's a momentum there. And so I'm just applying that in many ways to the upward spiral in connecting to yourself. That, yeah, that well, it's an interesting gives. connection, Kip, because it really is the first time I've heard someone talk about women taking ownership of their sexual pleasure as a way to empower women in mm-hmm. this arena of preventing violence toward women. That is really an interesting concept. Now, what's been your experience as women are taking more ownership of their bodies, as they are doing more in this area? Is there any indication from you that this is that upward spiral that you're hoping for? Yes, there really is. I mean, it's been incredibly beautiful. We, um, we, as I said, have just started this pleasure pledge um, just yesterday, and we have a, a community of a couple hundred women um, who are all sharing in what, it's, what it means to them to commit to their daily pleasure um, throughout a month. Um, and, it's, and it's a really honest conversation that's incredibly reward- rewarding for myself and for my team because it's showing what, what we've experienced which is um, what, what does this really mean? How does this affect how I view my body? How does this affect how I view my relationship if I'm in one? Um, and what does it mean to really focus on pleasure in a broader sense? So we had um, Yeah, well, talk a woman... more about – well, go ahead. Tell that story, and then I, oh, yeah. I've got to find well, out so what just, partners are thinking this. about this. A woman, a woman wrote in just, um, just yesterday, and – so sweet. She said, um, I cannot believe that this has happened. I have broken my hand the day before the pleasure pledge, and I was so excited about it. And now I can't get my hand wet, and I can't hold anything, and I basically just can't self-pleasure. Um, and I really want to be part of this because I haven't been focusing on myself and focusing on my pleasure for years. And so I'm still going to be part of this group, but I just wanted to be honest with that which that honesty in itself, you know, outstandingly beautiful and courageous. Um, And then she was able to be supported by other women with a plethora of ideas of ways to make this month fun and enjoyable and get her more and more synced into her pleasure. Um, And that was just day one yesterday. And day two today, she's written about how she's got on this long walk and she's enjoyed a long bath and she's just off to this great month and this, feeling of connection to herself. Um, and so that's that's just a really cool, beautiful example, right, outside so of the is orgasm. That, is that the broader definition of self-pleasure? It could be a bath, it could be a walk, or are we talking strictly about orgasm? So 
As I like to say with the Pleasure Pledge, we are talking about women making a daily commitment to their pleasure. And because we are O actually and have a focus on women's sexual pleasure, we have a focus within that on orgasms. Um, what we have found through the open dialogue that we've created with O actually is that there are those moments of genuine um, realizations that women in that moment are better served by something like a long walk or a bath. And so we don't want to have it ever feel like there's a forcing around an orgasm. And that's why we've allowed and this discussion of what does the more holistic aspect of women prioritizing their pleasure look like with a focus on that orgasm. Okay, and at the same time you're saying, hey, a daily orgasm is a good thing. So talk yeah. about why you say there are seven reasons or seven benefits to women having a daily orgasm and that it should be part of your morning routine. So you're going to wake up in the morning <laughs> and get busy. Yeah. So talk about yeah. that. Well, seven at least, <laughs> seven at minimum. Um, so this, this it's hard to talk about said, this without giggling. I hear you. Go, right? Go yeah. ahead. Well, it's also, it's also and by the way, wait, wait, before I forget, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. <laughs> to our beloved listening audience, you can join the conversation. Call us, old school, 415 347 uh, 989-0776. That's 347-989-0776. Or you can go ahead and tweet us, Dr. Brenda Wade. Facebook is Dr. Brenda Wade. Cliff, our associate producer, is standing by to take your questions and comments. Let us hear from you. Okay, go right ahead, Kit. Great. I hope people call in. I'd be fascinated and delighted. Um so I think I was saying that this morning routine, so I personally am pretty obsessed with morning routines these days, and it seems like lots of really impactful people are very passionate about their morning routine. So I have been working on my morning routine throughout the years and realized, well, here's this thing that, I mean, I love and that I'm promoting, and why wouldn't this be part of my morning routine? <laughs> um, and so I started incorporating an orgasm, whether that was on my own or with a partner, um, into my morning routine and realized what a great way to start the day. You know, um, there's that cortisol flush, there's that focus on yourself. You've already made a commitment and intention to So a cortisol rush, and I'll talk about that. For those oh, yes, who don't yes, know. Sure. Yes, sorry. And it's a cortisol flush, which is important. Flush. There we go. So, Thank um, you. Yeah. So cortisol is one of our hormones, and it's great for giving us that stress energy to alert us when things are really dangerous. Um, but in modern-day society, we don't have really the dangerous of that lion chasing you down the road. And so we often get more cortisol in our modern-day society than we have just a you know, couple hundred, if not longer ago in the past. And so it's really important, and this is one of the reasons uh, that meditation sometimes is quoted as really calming down our cortisol as well, but that we have these pleasurable, calming moments in our otherwise hectic lives so that we can flush out that stress hormone from our bodies. And having an orgasm is, is one of the best, most effective ways to do that. Did I lose you? Dr. B? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. There we go. So sorry. 
what I was saying is that cortisol gets replaced when you have an orgasm with some hormones that are feel-good hormones. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's one so of the things. The so one is we get rid of stress that. hormones, and then we get the good things like the oxytocin mm-hmm. and serotonin, the neurotransmitters that make us feel really good. So right. you have a concept you call pleasure begets pleasure. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So that's very similar to the upward spiral that I was mentioning. Um, but I think that when we put things out into the world, we're likely to have them reflected back to us, right? So pleasure, when you're focusing on pleasure, you're more and more aware of pleasure. And that's had just such a knock-on effect for me by having this great company that we get to talk about pleasure all the time. I'm just thinking about pleasure all the time. So I'm appreciative of pleasure. I'm more appreciative of flowers and nature and the time I get to spend with my friends and loved ones and moments in life are becoming more and more pleasurable. Um, And that's what I mean by that pleasure begets pleasure. Um, And I think we've all felt that on the opposite side, right? When you're just going through it and we've all been there. Um, Okay. We've got our first question. Let's take the question. Okay. This is coming in from Joe, J-O. I don't know if this is a woman or a man. And Joe says, I would be very jealous if my partner, oh, this must be from a man, if my, well, mm-hmm. I don't know, if my partner were self-pleasuring herself every morning. Okay, well, so I think this brings up some really interesting discussions um, because I'm interested why the jealousy, um, and again, it's, it's really interesting that it's a Joe because I don't know if this is a same-sex relationship or not. Um, but I think that um, is that jealousy rooted in in feeling sort of threatened or is that jealousy rooted in her having more pleasure than Joe is having? That would be one question I I might have. But I think that what's really interesting is that when I talk, people are often assuming that I'm only talking about self-pleasure, and I I find that fascinating because I'm not – not necessarily prioritizing self-pleasure over um, partnered pleasure. I'm talking okay. about women's orgasms. Well, that's orgasms. a good clarification, everybody. Your daily <laughs> O can be solo or can be with your partner. So yeah. one one thing I have a concern about is that, you know, as a psychologist and, and I specialize in working with couples and bringing couples closer together one of the things I know works against relationships and works against couples is cortisol. And many people turn to a variety of solutions to try to lower their cortisol, everything from drinking, uh, overworking, shopping, various drugs, gambling, to get a rush of adrenaline that, will eliminate some cortisol, but then, of course, the the brain is flat after that. Is there a possibility of people getting addicted to sex every morning as opposed to saying, hey, actually, I'm feeling stressed and anxious. There's something here I need to work on or something I need to deal with. Hmm. Because I certainly have worked with plenty of sex addicts (laughs) in my time. And it's a very serious sure. illness that destroys people's lives, like any sure. other and, 
Exactly, yeah. And I think that, um, I think it's really fascinating. I think that your background with working with sex addicts is probably even better suited to, to answer that and discuss it than, than mine might be because um, we're, we're not talking about using this as, a, as solely a stress reliever. So um, my understanding of, of sex addiction is that it's, um, it's really looking for more of a rush than either the connection to a partner or the connection to self. Um, and so, and you know, there are, there are many things, as you say, that reduce cortisol that aren't in in most cases of moderation dangerous at all. Like exercise, for example, right? So anything can be taken to an extreme. But exercise is a great example of reducing cortisol. But we don't have that fear around over exercising, which is right. of course a problem. But right. well, and you're right, and by the way, in terms of your, you're of quite extreme. right. Oh, no, I lost you again. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. My mic is shutting off. All right, here I am. <laughs> so <laughs> what I'm saying is you're quite right about your definition of sex addiction, including the need for that adrenalized rush. It's sex that's dangerous. Sex with a Mm -hmm. partner where that adrenaline isn't pumping feels flat. It feels boring. It's uninteresting. But when there's the adrenaline rush, then it's woo. It's like getting high on uh, a mix of everything that's stimulating you can come up with plus sexual pleasure. So this, this is my way of saying, hey, everybody, If you know you're feeling depressed and unhappy, nothing wrong with a daily orgasm as long as you're not using it to mood alter instead of working on what you need to work on. And the only way we can work on stuff that makes us unhappy and creates anxiety is to actually sit down, get out the pick and shovel, and say, where is it coming from? How is it affecting me? And how am I going to change it so I can live the life I want, which from where you're sitting, Kit, is got to include some pleasure. Now, you say that having a daily, oh, makes your brain smarter. Talk about why an orgasm would make your brain smart. Yeah, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to quickly go back to the point that we were just discussing because I think it's so important. I think that we brought that up um, and, and this being modern love, like this, these are orgasms rooted in self-love, and self-love can happen with a partner, and it can happen on your own. But with something like a sex addiction, again, it's my understanding that that's that's rooted in something much darker, and and in that sort of self-harm, that looking for something that is a feeling of um, of fear around it. Exactly. And this is very different. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So um, there are amazing, and again, this, a lot of this is rooted in, in the hormones and the the hormone balancing um, that happens through orgasms, but amazing effects on the brain as well with orgasms um, that can increase memory and increase creativity. But just, I, I can't, I have this big smile on my face because the human body is so freaking cool <laughs> when you realize that everything is that connected. Um, and that in serving of, of our pleasure, right? I feel like there's nothing more convincing to me that women's sexuality and that pleasure is 
such a good and healing and wonderful thing than that it also makes us smarter and more creative and more connected to our intuition. Yeah, that's wonderful because everything is connected to everything else. And one of the most important things that everybody knows is an orgasm helps you to relax. And when you're a relaxed person, you are just a nicer person to be around. Mm -hmm. So one of the big issues is we're talking about morning routine. And, of course, our next question, who has no name, this is from Anonymous, says, where the heck am I supposed to find time to have an (laughs) orgasm every morning? Uh, It takes me, this person is saying, it takes me 30 to 40 minutes to get off. Okay, there you have it. Got it. I love it. Anonymous, you are not alone. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a great point, and it's one that is frequently asked as they throw your hands up at me, Kit, and say, "What? You've got to be out of your mind! I don't have the time to barely have the time to wash my face, let alone um, commit to an orgasm." And I hear you, I do, and um, I just would ask that it's an invitation for a true evaluation of how you're spending your time. And we all get, myself very much included, convinced that we need to be spending our time doing a bunch of stuff that brings us no pleasure, no joy. And sure, there are things in life that need to be faced. Um, Taxes come up for me that are not probably ever going to feel joyous. However, a lot of us go through our day-to-day routines, things that we genuinely do on a mostly daily basis that we do not enjoy, that take up way more than 30 minutes. And so this is me saying maybe it's an opportunity to figure out how to create that space and what are you doing that could be done differently and maybe could be done by somebody else to allow you, if you enjoy orgasms as much as I do, to allow that space and that time for yourself um, because we're made so you're up saying by you're spending our that time doing something anyway. It might as well be something you're truly going to enjoy and get benefit Beautiful. from. Yeah. Now, you exactly. also talk about this maybe having more physical benefits even or mental benefits than meditation. Mm. Well, I wouldn't love to compare the two, but I'm a big proponent of both. Um, Good. Glad to hear it because this is where, again, I I have to say, I think it's really important to know that we do need to combine all these different aspects of ourselves, and they do all work together. And Mm -hmm. meditation allows us to cultivate an inner life that can be a great source, not just of comfort. I was having a conversation with Deepak Chopra not too long ago, and he Mm -hmm. said to me that he meditated two hours a day. And I went, wow, that's a big commitment Mm -hmm. to meditation. He said, but you know what? I download so much material from the universe that way. Exactly, exactly. That's the genius of Deepak and the genius of meditation. When I started meditating, that this time question was what all my friends were asking me. How do you possibly have time for 20 to 40 minutes a day for meditation? And the only way I could describe it was that if I was really on top of my meditation practice, it slowed down my brain enough to make it more focused so that I could get things done so much faster 
that I was actually saving several hours of time during the day. Yeah, and your brain is loaded with neurotransmitters, so it's kind of like taking a Maserati or a high-powered engine, because your brain is a high-powered engine, Mm -hmm. putting Mm -hmm. the proper fuel in. The brain runs on neurotransmitters. So one way to get some is the big Mm -hmm. O, everybody. Another way to get some is meditation. Why not double down and have both? So, Kit, what do you want to leave us with tonight? This is a great conversation. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, I I love that we've ended on a combination of meditation and self-pleasure. It's uh, really beautiful and really glad to have been here with you today and with your audience. And I would love people to check out oactually.com and uh, connect with us on social media, um, whether that's me, Kit Marie Maloney, or the company oactually. We'd love to engage in any conversations and answer any questions you might have. We also have this really great online festival going on right now, which is an invitation to filmmakers, artists, and writers to submit work um, to champion women's sexual pleasure and to submit that work within adult content that really brings women's fantasies to life to further help Bringing women's women fantasies to life. Love exactly. it. How could you not yeah. love that? And one of the <laughs> most important things I want to circle back to is everybody, if you haven't explored your big O and haven't explored women, explored your sexuality, it is something that you owe yourself. It's part of developing that deep relationship and connection with yourself. So, Kit, I'm a fan. I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan. And everybody, that website again is www.oactually.com. And that's O as in orgasm, everybody. (laughs) And if you're interested in knowing more about cultivating that relationship with yourself and including your spiritual life, I've got a free teleseminar for you. It happens every month. Coming up, it'll be June 17th. You can register for that by going to drbrendawade.com or shoot us an email at love, of course, at docwade, dot com. Hit us back on Facebook or Twitter, Dr. Brenda Wade. Thank you so very much to LeGrand Green, our brilliant producer, to Cliff Dunning, our wonderful associate producer, and to tonight's guest, the very courageous Kit Murray Malone, the pleasure principal. All right. Thanks, Kit. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Blessing. Thank you. It's a pleasure. 